room. Lights, camera, ready when you are, Ashby. Hooray for Hollywood. Thank you. Oh, you guys. We're talking about my favorite ride in the whole wide world. We are talking about the great movie ride today. I'm Cheryl. I'm Molly. And I'm Ashby. Welcome aboard. Please keep all hands, arms, legs, and feet inside at all times. Podcast, you are all clear. We thought it would be appropriate at the beginning, the start of a new year, to look towards the future of Disney parks and talk about a ride that they got rid of. Two years ago. It's so fitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Just Happy wanna... New Year, guys. Happy New Happy Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year 2020. Happy 2020. 2020. Yeah. 2020. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is planned to open in 2020. Is that the name of that ride? <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. I don't know that I care. Wow. <laughs> I'm so excited. Let's get into it. Let's get into I it. I don't know how I feel about it. So for those um, of you who, who don't know what we're about to get into, the <laughs> Runaway Railway is replacing, or will re- will replace the Great Movie Ride, which is the topic of today's discussion. Oh, and if you don't know what the Great Movie Ride is, get ready. Do you love live action? Do you love yes. classic animation? Yes. Do you love animatronics? Do um, you love a little murder mystery type of deal? I do. Oh, what? Okay. Yeah. Maybe not murder. I guess <laughs> I was like, wait, murder mystery. <laughs> if you're really lucky, someone dies. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I just give my reason why I'm not looking forward to this new ride for sure. sure you've got uh, an hour and a half to give I, to explain to us i only need about a minute okay it's purely the animation i you don't i like cannot the new stand no no i do not okay. i think he, i think it looks ridiculous it kind of looks like ren and stimpy yes but i also like it i think it's very funny and i like that mickey's kind of bad in it Yes. Ugh, I God, think that's I hate exactly all of those things. <laughs> it though is kids that were growing up watching cartoons back in our day are now the animators and it's a little callback to what we really enjoyed. Well, and also this is like one of those Mandela effect D type things too. Growing up our generation didn't have a lot of exposure to Mickey Mouse, really. There wasn't a TV show. There wasn't. He wasn't featured heavily in any movies. So I think the the Mickey Mouse that we associate that we think of um, is the, like Mickey Mouse from the parks, who's just like, "Hello, welcome, come on, I'm waving, I'm dancing on a float." But the generation below us grew up with like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, which is totally different than these animated shorts. Yeah, and I almost think that's worse, the weird, like, random computer CGI type of Mickey. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that either. Yeah, yeah. I, wasn't a, I wasn't a fan of that one. I am deaf. I, I don't know. I think, I mean, maybe this is, like, the first sign of when you get older and you just don't like new things. Mm-hmm. But, like, this. <laughs> yeah, familiar with that. Yeah. Any, it's just too loud. <laughs> any, yeah. 
any anytime I see the new animation, I get so like even my nephew, if he was watching it, I'd be like, oh, "Don't watch that." Like, let me show mm. you real Mickey Mouse, you know. And then you. But put what on the would classic. you show then? The original uh, cartoons with Mickey. Like Steamboat Willie. No, 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 no. It was the ones we grew up with in the, like in the eighties. Um, so like the one, like the specials where Mickey was like, like the, Christmas. Well, like no, Christmas uh, Carol. That's that's the that's how he was animated. But there were all those Mickey shorts. That I were see. I don't remember any of those. Oh gosh, they had like a. I mean, some of like the more familiar ones. They had like the Jack and the Beanstalk one. They had oh, um, yeah. the but Ghostbusters was... type thing. I never Mickey saw Mouse. any of those. Was that the eighties? Are they on Disney Plus? Uh, they are. Hmm. Okay. Homework yeah. for myself. So that's the that's the animated version I grew up with, and I mm. I don't know. Even I mean, when it when like I kind of Mickey Mickey Mouse Clubhouse kind of grew on me when they did the whole 3d computer generated version and then when i saw this newest version i was like what were what mind did this craziness come out of i think i have you seen like a whole episode of the the new shorts i have only seen there's like these really really short ones that i was i was kind of like i saw in the background yeah, uh, that my nephew was watching, and I was just disturbed. <laughs> I understand that because it is it like if you were just catch like glimpses of it, it's very choppy, and his voice is kind of funny. But I will say, I've watched like a couple episodes all the way through, and they're very entertaining. Truly, hmm. like they're funny, and the story kind of pulls you in. And I personally like that, like Mickey's. Not like a troublemaker, but just like a little, a little mischievous. I think it like gives a a person like a depth of personality to him, but that I really enjoy. And that actually, I think, is a callback to old old school Mickey, like Walt mm. Mickey, which is yeah, interesting. Yeah, he was always messing with people. Yeah, and he kind of like yeah, he was like kind of a little shithead, especially mm. to Pete for sure. So it's interesting, and I hear you, Ashby. You are actually probably in the same kind of opinion as most current Disney fans out there would say that they also don't yeah, like it I w- and are I would apprehensive wonder. of yeah. the attraction. Um, but I, I'm also personally excited for this attraction just because I think it's going to be so groundbreaking and different and exactly what we want. We want these like uh, slow moving dark rides with some thrilling elements with a lot of live set pieces and like pushing the envelope of like what theme park tech can do. And I think this this attraction's gonna do a lot of that. So I'm excited. I think it has an opening date already. March? March? Yeah. Fifth? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. So I mean, coming up soon and then Disneyland will also get their version in the next um, few years as well into Toontown. So... Which is actually f- is a much more appropriate uh, scene or like a setting for it, um, which I guess brings us back to the great movie ride, because oh, yeah. it uh, it will be housed in the Chinese theater in Disney's Hollywood Studios, which is the icon for Hollywood Studios and also the first weenie for Hollywood Studios. If you walk right through the turnstiles, the OG weenie. <laughs> yeah. You see it kind of um, at the end of Hollywood Boulevard. It's funny because I saw... So I, my first encounter with the Chinese theater was 
at Disney's Hollywood Studios, then MGM Studios. And it wasn't until many years later that I made it to Hollywood for a visit, and I actually saw the actual Chinese theater in person. And I was pretty impressed with how, you know, exact it looked compared to the actual theater in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, And you'd almost expect a theme park version to be more cheesy than the original, but I almost feel like it's the opposite. Like, I feel like the one at studios is so glamorous, and then when you Mm -hmm. go to L.A., it's pretty cheesy. Yeah. Right, right. (laughs) Well, in that you're getting that feeling because it's kind of spot on. Like that is the, um, in fact, you know, let me roll it back here. Let me, let me hit you guys with a couple of fun facts in history. Here. Whoa. Okay. okay. Ready. So the great movie ride and that Chinese theater that it was located in was an opening day attraction at Disney MGM studios. And that was in 1989. So the Chinese theater is a replica of the Chinese theater in Hollywood. Um, but the theme of Hollywood or Hollywood Studios, again, the former Disney MGM Studios, was it's like a tribute to the Hollywood that never was and always will be. So it was a tribute to this like legendary storied Hollywood that we all wanted like it to be in its heyday, but like potentially never was and never will be. Hmm. So when they set out to to do a replica of the Chinese theater, they went in with painstaking detail and then plussed up any anything they wanted to be a little bit prettier. And then, in fact, there's a alleged story out there that when there were um, folks who went in to remodel or restore the actual Chinese theater out in L.A., they came to Disney to take a look at their plans and their construction work to see how they could restore it to a kind of beautiful place. But they went Hmm. to the replica source to do that, which is really interesting. That's so funny. You know, it's it's, it's interesting about the whole, like, that never was and always will be kind of homage to Hollywood. Because if anybody has ever been to Hollywood, like real Hollywood, I think both, have both of you guys been? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys dealt with this, but for me, it was like this, huge disappointment because <laughs> like i don't know i just imagined hollywood from what you see in the movies and exactly. television and stuff this beautiful place and of course i'm thinking a little more old school than what i knew it would be anyways mm-hmm. you know back in the back in the 40s and 50s yeah but then you go and you're like what the if you've never been like down hollywood boulevard in real life it is i mean it's cool but it's also like a little sketch in certain spots and just yeah has a it's a weird feeling to what you would think like Hollywood would be. I love that MGM Studios at the time was really trying to just embrace that old classic Hollywood and make it feel like what you probably most people thought Hollywood was and is today even though it's not that way anymore type of thing. Rolling it back a couple of years, the theme park Disney MGM Studios was originally conceived as a movie pavilion in Epcot. The story, it was being storyboarded through like the early to mid 80s. Um, And just about that time, a new executive had joined the Disney company named Michael Eisner. Wait, who's, who's that? I've never, I've never heard of him. Okay, so Michael Eisner (laughs) um, is, I'd say probably the, the, the best word for him is like in, infamous. 
um, Disney yes. CEO. He ushered in what we all refer to as like the Disney animation renaissance in the early 90s. Um, he was responsible for lo- someone in the shower. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, sorry. I, it's raining. I was going to say, I think it's raining. Got it. It's that raining makes sense. somewhere. It's pouring in Florida right now. That's, I mean, that's good. <laughs> it's good. You I kind of miss the rain, so I'm like listening. I'm like, oh, so it's kind of calming. So we're like a little, we're podcast slash ASMR right now. Right. <laughs> Enjoy the rain in the background. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Okay, so Eisner, um, yeah, Eisner <laughs> was also responsible for expanding Disney parks internationally. But for every home run Michael Eisner had, he had about three or four failings in a row. Yeah, some like right, major right. stuff to the point where unfortunately at this point in time in the company his legacy is a little bit um a little bit gray i think it'll be time will tell how kind of history remembers him and his contributions to the disney company um Mm -hmm. but as we've been doing this podcast and doing research on all these attractions and stuff i actually think he had a huge uh contribution to the parks we like know and love today so yeah and I, I i agree and i think that he i think he definitely played and like kind of what you said he he was a he was needed at the time that he came in and i think he did some great stuff and then i think like he kind of mentioned there was some not so great things so it's like it, it was like a what do you call that it's like something that you needed but we we didn't need it that long <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it was almost as if he overstayed his welcome a little bit. Like right, sometimes you right. have to um, walk away from your creation a little bit in order for it to, to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, but so prior to coming to Disney, he was an executive at Paramount um, Films. So his ears really perked up with the idea going around Imagineering of having a movie pavilion in Epcot. And instead, he kind of switched the pitch around and said, why don't we do a standalone theme park based around, again, this storied and, you know, mythology of Hollywood from its glitz and glammy heyday of, like you said, the like 30s, 40s and 50s. Um, So the drama during this timeline that, you know, theme park historians that yes that exist <laughs> would look back on this timeline and when you line up line it up something is a little fishy so this is unconfirmed but at the same time universal studios was in the process of buying up some land in orlando and central florida to build their own hollywood themed theme park which was again we've discussed this before but an expansion of their backlot tram tour back in la so Allegedly, Michael Eisner knew about this and wanted to create his own movie park to directly compete with Universal. A lot of people remember calling Hollywood Studios Disney MGM Studios, um, and MGM was brought in because at the time, kind of in the 80s, the Disney company didn't have the most impressive library of films that weren't animated. So in order to make Um, a theme park about movies and not just animated movies they needed to pull in some other big hitters in the in like the movie making industry Um, and MGM had a legendary and a well-known library of films associated with them plus at the time they were having some financial trouble so they (laughs) accepted um, a bid and Disney was willing to pay for it so 
that's how we got here. And that's how we got most of the movies featured in The Great Movie Ride. They're like all MGM movies. There was also kind of a, a, a time in Orlando's kind of history that Hollywood was trying to create a little bit of a movie slash TV studio presence in Orlando on the East Coast. Do either of you know anything about that? Yeah, I think you're right. They That's why they definitely had like sound stages over at Universal was because they wanted that to be one of their shooting locations. They wanted to make it as big as Hollywood because the land was cheaper and it was easier to film. I think but. they were literally trying to call Central Florida like the Hollywood of the East. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it it's just so interesting. Didn't happen totally. No. It's, it's like, again, something that tried and then kind of fell through because i know that they even did some animation uh you know Mm -hmm. for disney Disney started doing a little bit of animation in florida Mm -hmm. instead of in hollywood um really random fact but as i was watching because over the christmas break i was watching um Ernest saves christmas if you've ever seen that movie (laughs) it was it was completely filmed in orlando and at the mgm lot um in at, at the theme park the lot yeah yeah they used the studio um the wow. sound stages and things like that to to make this movie as well as there was other things in the time as well but it's just funny how i was watching that at christmas and i love it because it does have orlando references so i did a little dig in and i read that they had filmed some different scenes on the lot and or you know using the studio lot and some other places in it. orlando yeah that's cool. i never knew that that's really cool i always knew about only the mickey the new mickey mouse club being Ugh, recorded so at the sound stages in Hollywood Studios. And there was like story time with Belle that was recorded there. I remember watching that as a kid. There were a lot of really great oh, things. Oh, interesting. Wasn't there a wrestling? Didn't wrestling come in at some point? Wrestling was at Universal for like most oh, of the time. Oh, that's I'm what sure it was. I'm sure maybe okay. MGM too, but yeah, they filmed over at Universal up until like very recently. Interesting. I got the slow one on wrestling apparently. <laughs> yeah, you do. Wow, okay. Noted. Yeah. Noted. <laughs> if I ever have wrestling questions, I'll let Cheryl... I- no, very no. little. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it, you know. You know more Thank than you. anyone in this group. Thank you. I actually just found there's actually a list of some movies that were shot at MGM Studios. I've never heard of any of them. <laughs> uh, there was, apparently there was a sequel to Splash that was filmed there. Oh. Um, Ernest Saves Christmas, which I said. Um, Quick Change, Passenger Fifty Seven. What? In Instinct, Separate but Equal, From the Earth to the Moon. Yeah. So okay. So there was some. A lot of, there was a lot of award winners. We'll right. Write yeah. Say, yeah. For a while, maybe they had. Um, it was a busy lot, but it wasn't necessarily like lucrative because maybe I don't know. I don't know. Right. I, it'd be interesting to dig into like why it didn't take off in the way it did. My guess is it is probably hard to work as productively as you need to on like a film or TV set. When it's also a theme park with operating hours and people and the whole thing. I think you have to be a little bit more agile in in that kind of like film space. And if it's like, oh, here comes a tour, everyone wave. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's <laughs> right. totally effective. Um, I think the Universal model maybe lasted a little bit longer because they brought in like Nickelodeon Studios to Universal Orlando, which was game shows and um mm-hmm. i mean almost exclusively game shows i think at the end there which needed like a studio audience that's a perfect fit for a theme park 
Right. Not so much a perfect fit if you're doing a full-length feature film. I don't know. <laughs> right. And there's a whole resource thing, too. Like, if you think about shooting something in, like, Hollywood, the resources are pretty much infinite of whatever sure. you need versus Orlando that mm, probably at the, that time didn't have as many resources. And, and right. I don't know. It just – it was like they tried. It didn't quite work, and it kind of fizzled away. Yeah. So – what is the great movie ride? I'll tell you. <laughs> I was like, wait, is that a rhetorical question or do you want us to really answer it? It could have been anything. Like I <laughs> I have an answer, but I also want to hear what you guys would say. I would describe it as a slow-moving, long-lasting ride through famous and well-known movies. Wait, now I have a question though. Would you say that it's a ride about great movies or is it a movie ride that's great oh gosh okay my my vote there is that it's <laughs> it's a ride through great movies interesting okay. mm-hmm. it takes you, you into the movies mm-hmm. it's a right. slow moving tram ride i i would i would agree that it's like great movie like great movies that you get to ride through but there's some grammar stuff going on there so it then it should be like the great movies ride ride <laughs> or great movie colon no, it's, ride <laughs> it's the great ride about movies great movie ride yeah but that's not what's titled yeah it's the but, great movie ride so no, yeah no, that's so title. cheryl cheryl's vote it is that is it's a it's a great ride th- for through movies yeah mm-hmm. yeah oh, so that's interesting. a different vote yeah mm-hmm. Either That's way, they didn't, vote. like you said, Molly, they didn't title this correctly. Mm-mm. They, they no. didn't get into the whole colon days that we're in now. Correct. Which is just a lot more clear. Right. <laughs> like, what is this? It's Return of the Mummy, The Ride. <laughs> right. The Great Movie Ride, colon, The Ballad of Kid Durango and Bugsy Malone. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's very specific. Very specific. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, Cheryl, you've said this a couple times now. This is your favorite. If ride. not, yeah, not if not your fa- favorite, one of your very favorite theme park rides or just Disney rides. It it trumps everything. Like favorite wow. ride, favorite theme park ride. If it were still around, wow. it would be my favorite ride. Yeah. Um. What I mean. What? Why? Why? I love movies. So like. And I have mm-hmm. a terrible memory. So anytime I would ride it, it's so many different things that you don't remember until you're in it. And then they have the audacity to change it on you because there's kind of three different versions of it. And so, it, you, I mean, I don't think my little brain ever fully understood it until I was an adult. And even then I was like, but what is it? I wouldn't necessarily say I have a memory problem, but I would also, I would say that there's so much going on that you could notice different things every time you, every time you wrote it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I have a question. I'm, I'm a little baffled by a statement that you made about three different. Right. I'm yes. only aware of two Explain different. Explain yourself, Cheryl. Yeah, okay, I, was say, well, I think I know two as well. Well, so, and I only know most of this because um, in college we, Molly and I went to a hospitality college. My roommate was actually employed at the Great Movie Ride for a few Whoa. years. So you have a little insider. A oh, little insider. yes. I think yeah. I 
I scared the bejesus out of her when I found out, and then, no, but it was really exciting because it got to be, like, I got to see behind the magic enough to know things, but without, like, ruining it for me. But yeah, nice. that's great. So, you know, we all know that there, when you go into the loading station, there were, there could be two vehicles, right? And most mm-hmm. people knew if you sit in the first one, you were going to get a bandit. And if you were sitting in the back one, we're going to get a gangster. And we're going to have to explain so all I of never, this. Yeah, I never figured it out. But I knew it, there were two different versions, potentially. And I never got the one I wanted. I always got the freaking... Oh. Uh, um, you one? wanted the cowboy one. Right, yeah, because you never got yeah. the cowboy. It was always the other one. Yes. Which, and that that's where the three comes into play, because she told me that when they, you know, there's a busy season and then there's an off season, and so mm-hmm. they didn't have to run every single car. So at some points they could run with ten, and some points they could run with five. Well, when they run with ten, there's, I guess, what the A and the B show. So you have your bandit mm-hmm. and your gangster. But then if they don't run with the A, then you get kind of a hybrid show. So no matter what, you get the gangster, but then there's some other elements that come into play with it. A hybrid? Bridge show. Oh. Interesting. Nice. Maybe I have seen that and didn't realize oh. I was seeing I a hybrid. It. I mean, unless yeah. you knew someone in the know like I did, you wouldn't know that. So. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. In the know. Well, well, let's, yeah, let's take a couple steps back because that probably sounded like absolute nonsense. People were like, know what, what the, the were. yeah. <laughs> a bandit and a cowboy. What are we talking about? A show, B show. We are just jargon city right now. Yeah, let's start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, so the beginning starts actually on the outside. You enter the Chinese theater. It's really cool. And There's like celebrity handprints everywhere and they're authentic. Like that was recreated yes. authentically. Those are the Very real celebrities' neat. handprints. I have a bit of, of tidbit of information. So mm. it originally started as the Grauman's Chinese Theater, right? But in 1973, it switched ownership, so it became Man's Chinese Theater. It was no longer Grauman's. It was Man's Chinese Theater. Mm. It was that way until 2001. So even when Disney's Hollywood Studios opened, it was modeled after Grauman's Chinese Theater. They called it Grauman's Chinese Theater because of the classic Hollywood that they were trying to recreate, even Mm -hmm. though at the time it was under different management and went by a different name. So you could see Man's Chinese Theater on the west and Grauman's Chinese Theater on the east. And then... Interesting. Yeah, a whole bunch of nonsense, absolutely. But then in 2013, that's when TLC purchased it, and now it's just the Chinese Theater to make it easier for all of us. Wait, TLC? TLC, the singing group? Turner Classic Movies. (laughs) Oh. TCM. Yeah, I was like, TLC. (laughs) The Learning Channel? I'm I'm just so confused right now. Yes, absolutely. 600-pound life? TCL. Turner. What is it? TCL. I don't know what that is. Turner Turner Classic Classic Movies. movies. It's TCM. It's TCL. ISTC. It's the TCL Corporation, which, oh, Telephone Communication Limited. So not any of those things. Oh, my. What just happened? That was just a major. (laughs) Right, yeah. This is just like a Cheryl, like a, just a Cheryl-ism. Just, this is yeah. this is Cheryl Runaway Train. This, this is, is like yeah. <laughs> guys, I am a fan. Mickey and I Cheryl's will... Runaway Railway. Yeah. I'm a fan, and I will misread anything on Wikipedia onto this podcast. For you. What oh is Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Ooh. Wow. I, 
You guys, speaking of Wikipedia, um, please donate to them at this point. This yeah. is where I get a lot oh, of I my know. knowledge. And right now yeah. they have a big campaign to be able to stay sustainable for the next Actually, yeah, I just I just want people to donate so that message stops popping up. Yeah. <laughs> also that. It's like the like PBS thing too. Like oh, where you're like, yeah. please return yeah. to normal programming. Like I know. <laughs> I mean two seventy five is nothing for the amount of rabbit holes I've gotten myself into on mm-hmm. Wikipedia. Yes. Yeah, not Wikipedia. <laughs> well, on Wikipedia is a different thing. <laughs> don't donate to them because I don't know where that that money is going. I don't. To Rick, Rick rolled and there's all Rick. kinds of crazy information. Right. Rick doesn't need your money. It's fine. No. So, the Hollywood Studios Chinese Theater um, handprints. Are there any notable hand like celebrity handprints out there, or does anyone have a favorite? I know that like the Muppets did it. That's fun. Muppets, C three PO, and R two D two. It's fun. Oh yeah. Robin Williams did one, which I think is super sweet, and I think. Oh. Yeah, it says Carpe Diem, just like in um, Dead Poet Society. I found a there's like a little list here of people. Uh, there's yeah, Bruce Willis wrote Ippy Kaye, <laughs> but not Motherfucker. Oh, left that oh, part out. Cute. Michael J. Fox, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis, I love him. John Travolta. We got a lot of handprints, and then there's a queue. I believe there was an outdoor queue as well, but I personally never waited in an outdoor queue. I don't have any memory of that. Maybe when I was very little, but I don't remember. I always just remember walking straight into the lobby and waiting inside. The doors at the front, and then um, there was an overhang that kind of looped you around to the side, which is also cool because before My Magic Plus and Fast Pass Plus and the rollout of my Disney experience, the Great Movie mm-hmm. Ride didn't have Fast Pass. It was mm-hmm. added in because they needed to add, I guess, more things. So it was kind of weird because they had to forever change the layout. So then if you were going through Sand Standby, it was through the extended queue always. So in the days of paper Fast Passes, that's what you're saying? But yeah, prior to digital fast passes, they never had fast Mm-mm. pass. Wow, that's a that is a fun fact. Interesting. Well, I mean, it was an attraction that really didn't. I mean, I'm sure when it first opened, it was kind of busy, but like, it became your like, oh, let me go in this nice air conditioned building and exactly. spend twenty thirty minutes. You know. Yeah. I need a that's nap. what it always was to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The queue wasn't even ADA compliant. There was a point where they would have to redirect wheelchairs. Oh. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah. 1989, you know. Yeah. Wild West for ADA compliance. (laughs) Right. Um, Speaking of the queue, though, I have fond memories of all the memorabilia in the Mm -hmm. queue. Um, And it felt like it got swapped out often enough to where, you know, every couple years in my experience when I was there, you, you saw something different. There was kind of the old classic standbys and then some always some new ones based on, um, Maybe some more contemporary movies. I remember like the Mar- uh, a car- uh, like a carousel horse from Mary yeah, the Poppins. Mary, Mary Poppins' yeah. purple horse. They also mm-hmm. had the hologram um, chess table from A New Hope from Star Wars. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But that actually got changed out. So they did kind of a big change out around the time that the new Indiana Jones came out and they actually put his uh, Holy Grail chest or something like that in there. Oh my gosh, yes. I do mm-hmm. remember that. That was giant. Mm-hmm. It was like oh, a giant prop. The ruby slippers were in there for the longest time yeah. and then they got removed. But it wasn't like the OG pair. There were probably mm-hmm. like five and it was, you know, 
back up, back up, yeah, back, up, back up, back up. But mm-hmm. still very cool. Very cool. Very yeah, cool. As, then, a, as a kid who loved Wizard of Oz, that was definitely a highlight. I just, and I like, I just loved the look of everything inside because mm-hmm. it, it matched, you know, what the, the inside of this, this building would look like. Yeah. And, Again, that old Hollywood feel when you were mm-hmm. walking through the queue. Yeah, lots of reds and golds and black and like coloring on the wall. It was it was elegant, as Second elegant as like a theme park paper. attraction can be. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. really nice. And then they when they changed it over, now they have the because because they had posters and now they have the electronic posters, right? When I don't remember through. that. I don't. When they, Oh, so they used to have, like, movie posters, like, regular movie posters up. Mm-hmm. And then when they switched it over to the TCM. It uh, was Turner Classic Movies, even though the West Coast one was owned by TCL, which is not the Learning Channel. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> um, when they did that re- remodel, the they updated and put video screens in the queue so they could change oh. out the posters to different uh, movies and such. Oh, interesting it's an mm-hmm. interesting little plus up yeah um i remember the original i i just moved room sorry i moved into the pre-show room um okay. i remember <laughs> that sorry i have a fast pass so <laughs> um i remember the original film very well actually i must have spent at like at least 45 minutes waiting in that room um same and what I liked so much about it is it it previewed the movies you were about to see. And as like an 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 year old, I had only seen maybe two or th- two or three of the movies tops that were mm-hmm. represented um, in the attraction. So having a chance to kind of glimpse what the actual movies and movie stars looked like, um, I always appreciated that. Plus, the queue is really fun. Was always really fun in the pre-show mm-hmm. room because you kind of um, went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But it wasn't quite that direct. You kind of like no, jump a couple rows maze. and then yeah. jump back. Yeah, I always, I really, really liked that a lot. And just for those who haven't been in there, if you haven't, it, the the look of this, it's it's basically a giant theater. Yes. Like movie theater. Uh, yeah, and it's mm-hmm. very, again, very old school Hollywood looking. Um, something, it's it's kind of funny because it's like you walk in and you're like, oh, look at this theater. And then you're like, wait, there's a queue going back and forth yeah. in here and not actual theater seats. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is, it's a really fun room. Yeah, it's like and, on an incline, a small mm-hmm. incline a little bit like a theater would be. Yeah. And then they used to have a, a, a film and then they, again, changed that over when they um, changed it out for Turner Classic. And I will, while we're here, while we're talking about Turner Classic Movies, it was such an inter- interesting sponsorship. So jumping back a little bit, this attraction was open from 1989 and it closed in August of 2017. So like in the early 2000s, it was a still a beloved attraction, but definitely not, a, uh, I don't even want to say not popular. It was like a high capacity attraction that didn't have like the demand. There weren't lines so it was on right. the chopping block a little bit as theme park attractions are, right? Or it's on the list to say, like, if we're going to replace something, what should we replace? So to externally from fans, um, when the Turner Classic Movie sponsorship jumped in, it seemed like it was like, oh, this is great news. Like, this is 
in Turner Classic Movies, what a great sponsor. It's like, it's the cable channel that celebrates and elevates mm-hmm. these exact movies and like digs into their history. And it's cool. Everybody loves that. And to inject the sponsorship, it seemed like it was like, oh, the great movie ride's going to be around for a while now. Like this is, this is going to save the great movie <laughs> right. ride. Right. Um, and in the end, it didn't. But I think though, so, you know, it's, for anyone who hasn't been on it, it's definitely been a tour into some of your favorite movies. When the park opened in 1989, it was a lot of your classics that were most more close to the time period. In 2010-2011, the most recent movie that's featured is Alien, which was in 1979. So yeah. even though it's a very right. cool attraction, it's never it couldn't be current and every year it was continuing to Right. Be well, and someone uh, someone had said this. This may have been when we were planning this, but um, there was always the opportunity to keep replacing certain scenes to make it more relevant. Um, but then it was this ultimate like question of, well, what scene do you cut? Like, what movie is worth getting rid of, and what's worth saving? And I think that was always like a decision that was. I mean, they never they never did replace any scenes because I think that was going always going to be such a like impossible decision. Like, do you cut Singing in the Rain or Wizard right. of Oz? It's like how, how Indiana Jones. Like, and it was supposed to be about classic those. movies. And actually, Raiders of the Lost right. Ark was the most current. It was 1981. So mm. apologize. Okay. That's crazy. Misstep in facts. It was interesting when it switched over to. Uh, TC Turner Classic Movies. Ugh, mm-hmm. I can't say the initials. Um, <laughs> and we had, you know, we now we have this host, uh, mm. Robert Osborne. Yeah. And I found it so interesting that he passed uh, in March of 2017. So he was, you know, I didn't uh, know he that. Had, he did all no. this stuff for hosting it, and then passed away in March of or 17. And then of course they shut down um, the Great Movie Ride in August of 2017. Hmm. Wait, when did the Turner Classic Movies switchover happened. Sorry. I think it, it was, was like 20... 2015. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so it only had years. about two years. Which, I mean, and f- f- as we get into it, like, that was kind of an overlay of, it was a sponsorship that helped to, like, re-energize what the ride was about. But also, it then had this narrator, and so it kind mm-hmm. of re- took over some of the responsibility of the right. working cast members. Right. Mm-hmm. It stripped away maybe some of the ride's charm. Yeah, So it was, it was a little bit beginning of the end. Hmm. It, it hmm. reminds me of some of our others, you know, I think we've talked about them in prior episodes the land boat ride losing its live spiel yeah um, yeah the, the the tram tour at hollywood studios that before it went down lost its live spiel so i think it's it's one of those things where i'm sure money's involved and they look at how can they make these more efficient and take some of the operator error out of it and and, and i think that's what happens sometimes with these things and sometimes it's it's good and sometimes it's bad. If you had a great tour guide, then it was a sad to see. If you had one of those real awkward ones, then maybe the onboard audio was a bit better. <laughs> right, right. But so I'm looking from it. So we're looking at the Chinese theater. It's We go into it. It's a queue full of artifacts. And then we get into that pre-show, which is supposed to be like a theater. We have um, movie trailers essentially playing, right? So there was like The Searchers and Wizard of Oz, Foot Like Parade. Alien, that one was always real spooky. I yeah. 
never was old enough to watch Alien when I wrote it as a kid. Yeah, me neither. I, I still haven't seen it because I think I'm scared of it. <laughs> I think I watched it once, but I, I fell asleep. But I couldn't. <laughs> I think I think the great movie ride made it seem scarier than it it could ever I think have normally so been. And so now I I'm like, so no, too. no, I won't watch this. Right. It, the great movie ride and the... Um, alien encounter in Magic Kingdom, which oh, is like mostly based on it. I think mm. that combination oh. it leads me to believe it's the world's scariest movie. Where in okay. fact, I don't think it is. It's just suspenseful and like a little no. graphic. I want to know. We're gonna put a poll up and see. Did Disney World, while Disney World make Alien appear to be the most horrifying movie for you <laughs> as a child? Because I do yeah. think that that is a thing. Yeah. Right. Great. So. If I also remember correctly in the pre-show, like, movie theater area, towards the bottom, off on the right-hand side, was actually the doors to enter the, there's probably an official name to it, but it was like a movie set. It was when you were actually at the boarding area, but it was mm-hmm. supposed to look like a, like a back lot-ish area. And it is a, I don't know the actual numbers, but it se- always seemed to be, very, a, be a very high-capacity ride, meaning when those doors opened the line really started moving. You had to oh, kind of yeah. keep up with the person ahead of you. It kind of made you feel like you were then, like you go from being a moviegoer to then feeling like you were getting cast into a movie yeah. and you were going to be an extra. So like that person yeah. was almost like the casting director and they were loading you onto the thing because as soon as you go from that movie theater looking room, you go on to pretty much a set. It was mm-hmm. the Hollywood mm-hmm. Hills behind you. You could see a bunch of houses but it had like working equipment or so it seemed mm-hmm. and you kind of looked like you were on a, a sound yeah. stage from there. Like big stage lights and uh, well yeah even the like opening spiel the like recorded audio is like it's like yeah very lights camera action okay so this is some like deep theme park nerd shit what i'm about to say but i'm obsessed with the great movie ride ride vehicle obsessed with it i love how big it is it always reminded me of the universe of energy ride system they might be very similar i think they were similar yeah i think so they're just big i feel like and i was a kid riding it so everything's exaggerated but it felt like you could fit like 10 people in each of those rows a few things i did know is that they were they ran off of like um almost magnets like they stopped and started and they followed kind of a guide wire I learned so that it was much. kind of trackless. Yeah, it was track. It was mm-hmm. trackless. It kind of but just slow moving. Yeah. yeah, but then also they were bench seats. So over time, it probably yes. could fit ten people at one point. But yeah. then eventually, it got to be like maybe three people. Yeah. Well, it was like everyone gets their own row. Yeah. <laughs> if you want it, <laughs> which I did sometimes. Um, but yeah, awesome ride system. And you know, you got to sit on an end. That was always my advice. Or I would like push past my sister to go like get to the all the way on the inside of, or the outside of the row because you got all the action, I felt like. And yeah, there was a guide standing up at the front of the of the ride vehicle. I always liked being kind of near the guide as well because you could interact with them a bit. I think that's one of those moments like you were talking about earlier where if it's a a great guide then yeah put me right there in that seat right with them but if it was somebody who was a little awkward mm-hmm. and maybe wasn't quite 
uh, up to the task of doing this yeah. <laughs> than yeah. put me in the back. <laughs> well, yeah. and also it was kind of like if you didn't, if you wanted to just nap, because sometimes this was one of those attractions that you're like, I need air conditioning and I sure. just need a place to sit for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like the back was perfect because you're like, I know this <laughs> right. right, I'm not worried about it. But yeah. if you had not experienced it or you're really wanting to be attentive, being closer up meant that you weren't in one scene while they were talking about the next one. So it got to be a little bit better because I think there were like 12 rows these were not small vehicles but yeah so then there's this little like lights camera action moment what's the line i bet cheryl you probably know this but it's like ready when you are cb or something yes and so then it was a call out to go. Cecil B. DeMille, who was a famous director so oh, they'd say, i just assumed it was just something random it was really a thing Yeah, absolutely. Ready when you are CB. So they would kind of nod to the rafters. And actually, someone at some point, I'd like put a picture of that director up on the catwalk area. So like those of us like in the know who like rode the ride a lot, as you were leaving the um, area and you turned back, you could see a picture. It was like a little white circle but yeah it was pretty cool that's cool <laughs> that's really neat so i so yeah i mean shoot a little a little research probably could have gone a long way there but um that's amazing but that's such like an iconic um line from a disney attraction like that was the starting point of the ride and then the the lights literally change like as if you know now mm-hmm. it's the start of the show they all kind of go down and there's a spotlight and yeah your tour guide gets on and is like, hi, my name is Cheryl, and I'm going to be your guide. Ready when you are, CB? And then literally someone off in the distance goes, and action! And then it's like, hooray for Hollywood. The marquee mm-hmm. dances, everything goes crazy. You definitely feel like you're in the middle of a production. And then yeah. they say... And you start moving. And we're rolling right when oh. the vehicle starts moving. Wink, wink. I like that. That's amazing. I love that marquee that uh, that with the lights and the flashing and the ugh, it's just so fun, ridiculous, yeah. And you take like a turn and there's mir- like mirrors and um, yeah, definitely a wonderful way to start an attraction. It gets you super excited, mm-hmm. um, which leads us to our very first scene, which uh, is from the movie Footlight Parade. This whole section, I think, is called, like, the musical section because it goes one by one. And the first one being Footlight Parade, which is, like, the oldest Mm -hmm. movie, I think, featured, right? But the senior scene looks like it always reminded me of, like, a big, like, six-tier wedding cake, right? But it's, like, um, (laughs) it's, like, dancers, like, all lined up. And I um, heard a lot about this but never saw it in person. Apparently, for the first few years that the ride was open those tears would actually spin around and it was supposed to be quite an impressive effect but probably sinkhole related i don't know it's always sinkhole <laughs> right. related in florida um <laughs> that stopped spinning after a couple years and then so there were just like um projections of scenes from the dancing and the movie mm-hmm. which went by and bubbles did i make that up no, were there oh, bubbles, yeah, the bubbles. There in the scene yeah that's really neat. Yeah, I think originally it's a scene from the movie where it's a tiered cake and they're all synchronized swimmers and they all would dive into the pool from there. And so that didn't cool. move. And then eventually it stopped being so glamorous. So they did kind of a scrim with like um, yes. images of yeah. their synchronized That's right. swimming. So they became yes. like the yeah. Yeti. Yes. At Animal it Kingdom. Was the, it was Disco Yeti. Yeah, exactly. They just became a static thing. 
Meaning, yeah, it was a, a once a cool effect that they stopped and then they used some lighting effect to right. try to jazz it up <laughs> right. for the next 25 years. Uh. Uh, but yeah, musicals continuing on. My personal favorite musical, if not maybe my favorite movie of all time, Singing in the Rain. Ooh. So it goes from, by waterfall, I'm calling you, I'm singing in the rain. I'm just going to take you <laughs> on this audio journey with me. Come along, guys. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I am I am with you, thank and you. I'm happy about it. I will say, though, that the that little tip, sometimes, okay, I'm going to say this a lot, probably during this episode. Some of the animatronics are really, really good on this ride. Mm-hmm. And some of them are bad. Mm-hmm. Like, not good. Um, the Gene Kelly from Singing in the Rain is, I think, one of the good ones. I think he's pretty dynamic and moves a lot and is actually quite quite expressive. It's from that the scene, Singing in the Rain, when he's, like, mm-hmm. jumping on the, the, the light pole and kind of swinging around it. Um, and the rain effect all around him. I think it was a... It's a small scene, but a good one. Oh, I really yeah, always really I like enjoyed it. Too. I was going to argue with you and be like, they're all great, but I think I know what you're talking about. But yes, Gene Kelly right. is absolutely mm-hmm. one of the best ones. Um, the next movie musical is actually one of Disney's own. I think I said this earlier that at the time, Disney didn't have like an amazing collection of live action movies considered classics, but they Mary Poppins was definitely one of them. <laughs> My um, favorite. It's the chimney sweep, chim chimney scene. Chim chim and it transitions so wonderfully. I remember this wasn't the most recent, but when I was a kid, I used to always, I loved the tour guide. I would have tried to sit next to him every single time. And they would always mm-hmm. make some comment of like from the rooftops of London to the gritty streets below or something. Mm. and it felt very much like that like I felt like I was going from the rooftop with my best friend to like oh no what's happening here um but yeah so unfortunately we're leaving movie musicals I could have sat through 20 minutes of movie musical animatronics Boy, that was fast personally <laughs> personally Mary Poppins was but floating of her chimney sweep friends yeah that's true the whole scene is taking place above you and she's floating She's the only one, like, flying, right? Mm-hmm, with her umbrella. Now we've entered the danger zone, mm-hmm. as I like to call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, we're going into Top Gun? Nope, Tom Cruise is yes. not here. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay, sorry. TCM didn't bring him in. <laughs> so, yeah, the next uh, movie we enter is called The Public Enemy. Can't say that I've seen the next couple of these movies. But it is. It's supposed to be like gangster Chicago, I believe, during like the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see? Yeah. Yeah, see? I'm going to be around here, and you're going to tell him to be here with me. See? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I, I will say, uh, having never seen The Public Enemy, um, this scene is is very detailed, though. It was always like visually very appealing. There were like things going on in apartments you could kind of see in the windows or hear it in the mm-hmm. windows mm-hmm. um and also uh, this is one of the scenes in the show that your vehicle's taking a couple of turns some of the sh- the scenes are just like you just go straight through them this one you kind of take a, a little right and loop then around to the left it's it's kind of cool it feels like you're you're moving through like um a city streets which was 
very well executed, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a back alley in New York mm-hmm. or Chicago. Yeah. And you see yeah. James Cagney on the right, and he's, like, talking to a bouncer at a bar or something. Yeah, I Outside can't. the door. Can't confirm. Mm-mm. Yeah. And allegedly, um, this is, uh, I'm going to hop into some rumors here, but allegedly the uh, outfit, the tuxedo that the animatronic is wearing was donated by the family. It's actually his tuxedo. I believe Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Again, that's unconfirmed, but. This room also holds two hidden Mickeys. One of them was purposefully placed by Imagineers. So on the left-hand side, there's um, actually a movie poster of another James Cagney movie but I can't remember which one it is. Uh, but mm. underneath it, it looks like it's torn in the corner and Mickey's foot is there. And then a little bit farther when you get into the main uh, scene, mm. if you look backwards, it looks like um, like an overpass where there might be a subway or an up, above ground transit. And there's a little Mickey mm-hmm. there that was actually, I think, placed by a cast member because it was added much later on. I assume that's like the, the if it's Chicago, it's like the L train. Yeah, I think so. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that type of. Uh... Have you guys seen this movie, The Public Enemy? I have. No, but I think I fell asleep through it again. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you. You're a nap nap gal. It's funny. Every time I rode uh, the great movie ride, I'd always go, "Oh man, I need to watch this movie," mm-hmm. and then I yeah. never would do it. Same. Never. Same. Right now, I'm like. I'm looking at this right. list, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we should do this. I should be watching this right now. I'm Disney Plus should have a category that's, like, all the movies from The Great Movie Ride. Yes. So the next two scenes, uh, or Cheryl, stop me if I'm moving too quickly. The next two scenes are a little bit like um, The Wild West. No, but we have to. Are we going to oh. spend time in the gangster scene? I mean, we, we, we would stop. Oh, if we were in the right yeah. car, we would stop, right? Well, true. Yes. Talk me through that a little bit. So you're right. So we kind of take a right turn, then we swing left, and we're in probably the main show scene in what is referred to as the gangster scene. Correct. So the car in front of us, because usually we leave with two, where we've got, you know, mm-hmm. safety in numbers, no big issue. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, that first car, like, anytime you're following your friend onto an adventure, they make the light, but you don't. So you have to stop. There's a red light. Uh, right. Oh, right. Close <laughs> up the red light. You stop pretty much in the worst part of town. You want to lock your doors, but someone else is driving. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. But you're in an open-air tram. Yes. Right. And some yeah. shady character then comes, like, whispering, like, hey, you over there, to the driver. And the driver's mm-hmm. like, you talking to me? You know, very you talking Robert to me? De Niro. Right. And then everybody all of a sudden gets an, an accent <laughs> yeah. at this moment. You talking <laughs> to me? You talking to me? What's happening? <laughs> so and, weird. And then he's like, hey, I got to steal your car because I, you know, am not, I'm a shady character and I need to make a quick sure. get- getaway. Mm. And then, you know, your tour guide friend who's supposed to be taking care of you is like, no, I'm, I'm working. This is a movie. I gotta get some yeah. popcorn. And then he's like, he throws up a gun, and it is very scary. I was always, as a child, kind of afraid of the gun. Yes. The gunness of all of this, yeah. And and fun fact, it was a real gun. However, it was stripped of whatever inside of it would allow you to put bullets. It put, like, a cap type of thing, and so it would only shoot blanks. Who knows? Oh, that's like an intense fun fact. Very loud is what I know for sure about those things. Because you'd hear that pop yes. and it was legit. 
Yeah, that they were scary. Yeah. And then the like car drives in, the like um with the animatronics in it that are also shooting yeah. at you. Mm-hmm. That's very scary. You're surrounded yeah. at that point. Well, like, and I remember on. like when I was um when I was in training with Disney, I, I, I think at some point I did like a little behind the scenes kind of thing and, and I remember mm. there was a lot of discussion around the handling of the gun and there was like special procedures and a special oh, place that they stored it and stuff like mm, that. Probably it, to like sign it in. Yeah, it was very, I mean, it makes mm. sense, right? Because it looks like a live, I, and they treat it like that. Sure. Like it's like a live weapon in a theme park. So mm-hmm. they had very strict safety uh, standards in place to keep that, <laughs> keep it safe. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, can I confirm something? So when there were two, when both A show and B show are running, so it's like the most crowded, right? Yes. Is you were saying the the the, the is this considered B the B the B one? Yes. <laughs> okay, because the tram in front of you has already gone through. That's what we're saying. Correct. Got it. Okay. There would be Thank times where there there that. could be a, a B show with no A show, but there could not be an A show with no B show. Got it. That makes mm-hmm. that makes so much mm-hmm. more they could sense. Go now, as a which pair, is why yeah, but they couldn't. Go. Which is why you, I think I would say, and probably we all would agree, I've definitely seen the gangster scene the most. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And our, that's helpful. Our gangster friend has two friends named Squid and Beans. I don't know who's naming these people. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yes. I, and they're that like, is a, wow. They, okay. They're like, hey, calm down. He's like, it's just a bunch of rubbernecking tourists. That's what he calls us. Very, like, I feel like. Man. Stereotypical. Like, who said that? Did, yeah. wait, t- wait, did Squid say that? Like, I don't know. It might have been Beans. I can, I beans. can check my Classic. facts. Beans would, you know. Wow. But he's like, you know, shut up. There's some rubbernecking tourists here. And then that's when the gangster's like, you know, hey, I would like to repurpose this vehicle as my getaway car. And our tour guide mm-hmm. is like, no. And then he's like, no, I seriously think so. And he holds up his gun. And then that's when the tour guide is like, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? I'm going to go get some popcorn. To which then us as the guest is like, no, no. Like, what is happening here? Yeah, that's terrible. He's very unprofessional. He or she is very unprofessional. Very unprofessional. You know, I think I can feel, I, I have a, a thought as to why the guy's name is Beans. Yes, please. Like that that one that one I can put a thought to, but like squid, that one makes no sense to me. What um gotta know. Why do you think that beans is a name? I think it's his name because he farts a lot. (laughs) Oh Yeah. So they call him beans. I would Oh, gotcha. Right. Yeah. But but the squid part I don't understand. Like why would you call somebody a squid? No, Beans Squid. is the one that calls us a rubbernecking tourist. I've just fact-checked myself. He's so rude. He's both I mean, to people and with his flatulence. What a what a bean. Stereotyping <laughs> Yeah, but then Squid. but this is the thing though. He's like the heat's on. I I need your car as a getaway. And then that's when he's like, "Oh my god, they're coming." And that's when that little car comes out to the right. And it Okay. Yeah, it's it's intense. I don't like that part. No, they get it's into too, a shootout. No, I it's love a it. Shootout, and you're in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I like. To, I I want to get out of here. My favorite part, though. And how do we get out of here? It's like the tour guide, though. Before he goes for popcorn, he's like, "Okay, Muggsy," and then Muggsy's like, "How did you know my name?" And he's like, "I've seen this movie before." What? Whoa! Oh, Whoa! Something we're not in. That's in cute. On. That's cute. Yeah. Anyway, so then they get into a shootout, and then 
the the gangster Muggsy, he takes Muggsy. over our car. He's stealing our vehicle at this point. Okay. There's still okay. a red light, and he says, "Red lights, like, right? No thanks. <laughs> I hate you. Right. Right. And shoots it. Yeah, he shoots it out. He's. A- I remember that, and that's when we move forward. Yeah. And we go flying. Not really. (laughs) You'd never go flying. Every time on that ride, I would make the joke, like, when it would start to go, I would, like, tip my head back, like, my hair was being, like, blown away. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's, like, running around. It is funny that that's, like, yeah, the getaway car. (laughs) (laughs) He's, like, pretty slow. He'll never catch us in this thing. Running a red light's against (laughs) the law, and I'd never break a law. And then he shoots out the red light, so there's no red light, and then he moves forward. That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. I get it. The jokes. I get it. Wink, wink. <laughs> so we speed forward into like the Wild West. Yeah. Instantly you see Clint Eastwood. Yes. And that's from the movie A Fistful of Dollars note. Ooh. Fistful Apparently. of Dollars. And then you, same thing, you kind of continue forward. And then it's, um, it truly is like a, like a Wild West town. It looks like that with like the saloon mm-hmm. and all that. I have a fun fact. Um, the music was different oh, if you were an age. A vehicle versus a B vehicle. What? Because it was like resetting mm-hmm. the scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, okay. Let's do this. Let's continue as if we're a B vehicle. Cool. And then we can jump back and assume we're an A vehicle. Okay. okay. So what happens? So we, we got Muggsy now. What happens when Muggsy's vehicle goes through the like wild west scene which is also so that's a fistful of dollars and the searchers are the two films mm-hmm. that are covered in this area right just want to say that so what happens to the like the mugsy vehicle so instantly in we open up the doors right and we see a saloon and clint eastwood yeah. is standing out there lighting a cigarette he never says a yeah. word he doesn't need to yeah but music is yeah. playing in the saloon and this at this point mugsy is trying to steal our valuables he kind of tells the vehicle he's like hey give us your stuff not a big deal but then he kind of looks around and he's like what is happening so he gets there to clint eastwood and then to his right john wayne not someone you want to mess with nope Mm -mm. john wayne tells you that there's mighty tough territory heading up there and he's like you know you should head back and mugsy's like don't tell me what to do (laughs) and it i mean it's pretty sleepy it's not a big deal and then all of a sudden, a sheriff pops up, and he's like, I'm coming for you. And Muggsy's like, you're not going to catch me. But he's not talking to Muggsy. He's talking to the bank robber at the bank next door. Whoa. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that's what Muggsy's going through. That's the dilemma. He's He feels like he's being singled out. He's not. The sheriff's talking to someone else. So they start shooting at each other. Muggsy's like, I'm going to keep going through this weird fever dream that I'm having. <laughs> not a problem well right that's exactly what it is it's a fever dream it's like nonsense <laughs> right it doesn't make any sense think about it this 19 what 30s 20s gangster steals a car goes through a red light blows a red light with his gun and then is in like a 1800s western well i mean let's also talk about the car he stole <laughs> it's a <laughs> 30 passenger vehicle (laughs) doesn't make any sense whatsoever (laughs) right how is this operating and suddenly wait also let's talk about something suddenly he knows how to use a microphone thank you like is mugsy is he is he in the films 
Like, what's going on here? No, correct. Something's not adding up. He's got a five-shot gun. He's used all of his bullets on that red light, and he is (laughs) (laughs) in the wild, wild west, clearly. I love that you counted the bullets. That's a very Clint Eastwood thing to do there. I don't know. I think so. Like, you know, he kind of shoots at that car. Do you feel lucky? Yeah, and then Punk. the last one, he conveniently blows out that red light. Because he's not about to break a law. He'll go around the law, but he's not going to knowingly break it. Right. <laughs> he's like that big brother who's like, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you, but still holds his finger <laughs> right. in your face. Muggsy. Muggsy. Typical Muggsy. Classic Muggsy. Yeah. It's always Muggsy. But so, if let's say that we're not Muggsy, right? We're the A show. Yes. Okay, we're going back okay. in time. We're going back in time. We're, okay, so we're a vehicle now. So in the previous gangster scene, similarly, we just kind of like blow through that one. Right. Like we're just, we just witness it a little bit. And there's like a slight narration from our tour guide, but then we just go right into the like Western town. Yeah, you're kind of like. We miss, we miss the whole shootout. You're like, this is kind of cool. It's a bad part of town. Let's get out of here. And you successfully do. And we, so have, we have a green light. We have a green yeah. light. True, that is the difference. <laughs> that, wow. What a game changer. Yeah. Um, so now we're in the Wild West scene, mm-hmm. and we see we see the same thing, but something different happens. Right. Different music is playing in the saloon, so you know, already know you're off to a different start. Well, mm-hmm. you don't know because you've never been here before. Oh, True. Gosh, Correct. This feels very, you don't know like, what's going on. Bill and Ted Thank you for sliding doors, all kinds <laughs> yeah. of crazy. I'm movies. keeping track of our time travel. Don't worry no. about it. Thank you. Thank you. But you wind up, you know, you go past Clint Eastwood. You're talking about how cool that is. You go past John Wayne, who also kind of gives you that foreboding warning. Same thing. He's like, you're, you know. Well, you better be careful there, partner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was my John Wayne. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Like it was beautiful. Good. <laughs> Academy Award goes to Ashbeck oh. Law. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone. I mean, he was in so many movies like Stagecoach, Rio Grande, The Searchers. He was legendarily McClintock. named the Duke. The Duke of movies. The Duke. Yeah. Ugh. I've never seen any of these. Oh, well, there's a couple really good ones that I love. The pre-show has made The Searchers one of my favorite movies to like watch because they have so many great you know, Ethan, no, you don't. And then, like, you know, let's go. Please, mm-hmm. viewers, we'll post a video at some point, but if you can go back and watch mm-hmm. the old Great Movie Ride pre-show, it is a gem. The the one that I mentioned, McClintock, if you want to watch, like, a funny John Wayne movie, go look, look for that one. So Clint Eastwood is standing outside of the saloon lighting a cigarette, as we already know. Clint, John mm-hmm. Wayne, to your left, is actually on a horse, and he says something to the terms of, like, unless I was partial to trouble or fixing to get myself shot, I'd hide, hightail it out of here. And you're like, whoa, this is just from a movie, not a problem. But then you notice that there's, like, a oh, bank up ahead of you, right? And all of a sudden your car stops, and you're like, what? Oh, God, I knew what it. What is going, I knew it. going on? <laughs> And off in the distance, you hear someone scream and say, someone's robbing the bank. And then our goody two-shoes tour guide is like, someone's robbing the bank. I need to go check this out. And you're like, no, no, sir. Like, you were leading a tour. I've paid you. Like, I've purchased yes, a ticket to the theme park. Now do this. out of here. Unacceptable. Whoa. So he goes up to check out the bank. 
the, the vehicle tells you to stay seated, and then all of a sudden the bank robber pops out of this bank. Well, the bank robber thinks that it is his lucky day, and he's going to take this vehicle as if he knows how to drive this thing. Right. What is even a vehicle? What like, is it? He, this is yeah, back in the day of just like horses and things that horses pull. Right. Look at that motorized carriage. Literally, maybe he's just so on adrenaline from his bank heist that he doesn't actually know what he's stealing. Right. He's just about stealing. But he's like, you know what, person, get into the bank. I'm going to throw this stick of dynamite in after you, and it's going to blow. And then the bank lights in flames. Woo! It's an explosion. It's it's like hot. You can, you can feel you can it in the tram. Yeah. I felt intense. my eyebrows burn off my face. Mm-hmm. I've never been the same. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of flames. We're not. Mm-hmm. I'm not I feel like we're being dramatic, but it's also no. It's pretty. Accurate. It was it, intense. The whole building is on fire. Yeah. Yeah. And then the guy's like, "How do we get out of this one, Cheryl?" He's like, "I don't have horses, but let's go." Somehow finds a way how to move the vehicle, and he goes forward. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I don't understand this, but whether you're the gangster or the bandit, you move forward out of this western scene, and guess where you end up? Where? Space. What? Gosh darn space. We've entered the scene from the movie Alien. The 1979 Alien. Alien. And all of a sudden, here's the, before the tour guide is narrating this, and he's doing a fantastic, he or she, we don't know, is doing a fantastic mm-hmm. job. And all of a sudden, then you hear the onboard audio start to kick in. Mm, and yeah, like that. This mm-hmm. is Alien. Yes! Yeah. You are aboard the like spaceship that. Nostromo. Something, something, mm-hmm. something, it's gone wrong. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then you kind of turn a corner. This is a scary part. And if you, I rem- I think in the, like, the Turner classic movie version of this ride, where it's, like, the, the nar- other narrator Robert voice, Osborne. Robert Osborne. You have now entered, like, the two-scene scary movie, kind of, so- genre. Not exactly. It's not, like, horror. But these are the two scenes that are supposed to be scarier, mm-hmm. I believe. And that's not as clear in the earlier versions. No. At all. Like, they haven't, like, linked it, like, no. lumped it up categorically. <laughs> it's kind of looked like they, like, backpedaled into it, but... I feel like this is where you look and, like, most kids have their eyes covered, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just, like, let me well, know when we're done. Like, there's an alarm going off, because, yeah. like, the yeah. aliens lose. Yeah. Like, it's intense. <laughs> there's lights flashing, alarms going off, like, fog effects... You see, um, do you guys know the name of the character? Yeah, uh, Sigourney Weaver on the spaceship Nostromo. Her name is Ridley. But Ripley. Ridley. Ripley. Yeah, Ripley. Uh, Ellen Ripley. And she's got her big gun, and it's the scene where she's just gonna go for it and try to kill the alien, I guess. I don't know, I've never seen it. Well, But she looks <laughs> alone and committed to it. And... It, so the spaceship Nostromo is about to self-explode because something's gone wrong. Something has gone okay. wrong, as they say multiple yeah. times. Um, yeah. We get it. <laughs> it's interesting because the animatronic looks sweaty. That's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. Oh, and I, f- I forgot like, about the goo. She looks like stressed. There's that goo that like leaks mm-hmm. from the ceiling. Ew, yeah. Now, I, always, I always was so grossed out by that. I'm like, ew, who has to deal with that nastiness i will tell you of all of the rides this of all of the scenes this one had the most like easter eggs as we talked about before so there were they 
they had dippy birds, which used to help show gravity within the Nostromo. So they were those old school, like, birds where when the butt heats up, it would kind of move and start, like, doing a back and forth kind of a thing. Oh. Yeah, they had a lot of those throughout it. They also had a Hawaiian shirt, which was supposed to represent a certain character. And then in the very first scene, there's the tail of one of the aliens to kind of give you, like, a forewarning. But you were saying, like, the background audio, there were some cat meows because there was a cat in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And this is when, when they would, like, kick it into overdrive. Mm-hmm. And your hair really started flying. <laughs> because no matter who it, it was, it was the bandit or the gangster who was driving you who didn't know what the F was happening. <laughs> right. Right, right. So that was an, el- an also element of fear because they were like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. what I don't think we're supposed to be here. Sort of <laughs> right. thing. Um, they used phrases and like, what the- tarnation is this? <laughs> right. Did I make this? No, I did not make this up. The alien herself comes down i don't know yes comes down yeah. from the ceiling and it it doesn't get very close to you but damn it when you're 11 it yeah. feels like it, it gets pretty to get darn close farther. to you at some point they retracted oh. it a bit but i remember it used to come a lot farther than it did it would come all the way at you it used to lick your face pretty much no it did. <laughs> but i love when those sort of facts confirm what i could would have sworn yes. as like a 11 year old i would have been like no it used to come closer it did and it's like no silly kid it didn't guess what it, it used did. to come closer and then there's the one that pops out of the wall too. Yeah, it's if a you're surprise. The back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. See, that's more towards. Yeah, that's like a back of the tram mm-hmm. thing. Yep. Where there's no more narration from the guy, so but yeah, you get a surprise. The, the one would come out of the ceiling by the tour guide twice, and then at the very end, he would come out on the right side of the vehicle and scare the whole last half of the car. Ah, that's pretty fun. But some fun facts. So. The Nostromo was supposed to be a very high-tech spaceship, right? So they had a lot of computer screens that were featured along the sides of the attraction. In those computer screens, it's a lot of binary, so like ones and zeros, but it also Mm. featured the names of the Imagineers who worked on it. What? Oh, neat. Mm -hmm. That's That's fun. Mm -hmm. That's a great one. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Boom. But... All right, let's get out of this spaceship. Yeah. It's Thank goodness. freaky. And that's what he says. He's like, get out of here. I'm going away. So the next scene is one of my favorites, just because of the like intricacy of the room itself. But you enter the Raiders of the Lost Ark room. Yeah. If you're the bandit. It's kind of a two-part room. So back in the day when bandit the bandit took over, his name is Kid Carson, right? Or Kate Carson. What? If it's a he had a name? Yeah, they had names. <laughs> I love how you're like, you know, he had his name, right? <laughs> so, like, yeah, so casually, no. If your bandit took over your vehicle and it was a male, it was Kid Carson. If it was a female, it was Kate Carson. The other things that were shooting at you in that scene were the sheriff, who was across the way, or your pal Snake. His name was Snake. So, Do you think Snake, Snake and Squid knew each other? <laughs> in different lifetimes, I think they were the same person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a similar nickname. It's like yeah. slimy. Oh, so ba- the bandit Kid Carson would be like, I wish my old pal Snake were here. And then he turns around and he's like, I said snake, not snakes. Oh, cute. Because right? huh. Indiana Jones. Because that's where we go next. 
Why so did it have is... to be snakes? This is a cool scene, though, just because of how cool the 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 like the props are in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, like you look up in the ceiling. Does the ceiling it's even get huge. higher? I don't yeah, know. The, the, the props themselves, tall. yeah, seem to go up a lot further, at least. And you see the actual um, arc kind of up the right or no? Yes. It's like a big gemstone. No, it's the arc. No, I'm. I'm thinking, am I, I think I might be getting the scene mixed up though. Yes. The scene where you, there's the big swapperoozy, that happens first, nope, right? Nope, So no, first you uh, have. Indy first. Indiana oh, Jones. you first see the arc. And Saul, and they are moving that arc. And let me tell right. you, they okay, switched it. So yeah. before it was the arc from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then when the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out, they changed it out to be a shinier arc to match that movie. <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> hey guys we're gonna really up this ride we're gonna make it shinier we're gonna do yeah. this like it's crazy but <laughs> in this room we had some really really cool things so not only were there moving yeah. snakes on both sides of the tram but on the on the right hand side was where indiana jones and saul were doing their business taking care of it on the left-hand side, however, there was a whole wall of hieroglyphics. And in the hieroglyphics, not only was there a hidden Mickey and Donald, but there was also a hidden C-3PO and R2-D2. Oh, my God. I, know. I remember those. We're going to yeah. throw that onto the Instagram for sure. Definitely. But Definitely. it was some of the coolest hidden gems because you were always looking to the right. You weren't looking to the left unless you knew it. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, totally. Well, because the weenie is the arc in this Obviously. moment. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Hey, you the know weenie what? I just, arc. I just realized, like, if we wanted to, we could totally blow smoke up of our, our uh, listeners and be like, "You wouldn't guess what was on the left side. There was a picture." <laughs> oh my god! And because nobody could go and look, you can't confirm it. <laughs> the attraction closed. That it was a full-blown so picture of Gene Kelly <laughs> sprawled mm-hmm. out like Cleopatra with the whole. Mm-hmm. Stop it. (laughs) You're getting Molly riled up. We should probably move on. You see your old buddy, you know, Indiana Jones, who we all know and love from the 1981 movie Raiders of the Lost Ark, but he's busy with his treasure. Not a problem. Um, We're going to keep going. Your gangster, your bandit, whoever, although you don't trust them, there's a bit of Stockholm Syndrome that he's going to get you out of this weird predicament. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, you do trust him at this point because you've already you've been through the spaceship. So like, uh, I don't trust him. Oh, no. I do. I, I, I do. Hundred no. percent. I was I was like, when are you getting out of this thing? I'm gonna drive <laughs> because this is ridiculous. Ashby's like, I'm going to take over this vehicle for us. <laughs> I know that he's used every like single like ammunition in that Smith and Wesson that he possibly could, <laughs> right. and I know that I have a fighting chance. <laughs> <laughs> All he can do is talk something, and that's about it. Hey, yeah, it works. But so then you go from this tomb, you continuing the whole pharaoh tomb area, and you walk into, I guess, what they called Anubis, because there's this large statue of a dog from the old <laughs> Grecian pharaoh. I mean, he was a god. He Let's just god. not refer to him as a dog. 
Well, I mean, I feel like Anubises are, are dogs. Am I? Wait, sorry I to our Egyptian li- listeners. Is who... this not still part of Indiana Jones? No, it's or is this not. just existing as its own thing? It becomes its own thing. So an Anubis I never knew that is an oh, ancient funny. Egyptian um, name of a god of death or mummification. So that's what they called it. Ooh, hmm. it is usually cool. depicted as a canine or a man with a canine canine head. There is an Anubis, and he has large legs, large arms, and he has a heart, a little, like, diamond thing in the middle. Mm-hmm. It was, right. Wasn't it, like, a ruby or something? Yeah, a big red gemstone right. of some sort. 100% right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no matter who stole your vehicle, whether it was Kid Carson or Muggsy, M- Muggsy B- Malone, I guess that's his name. <laughs> I really want his name to be Balone. It sounds like Baloney. Muggsy Baloney. <laughs> to Bugsy Malone, so I kind of want to see Muggsy <laughs> Baloney. Anyway. Yes, Muggsy Baloney. <laughs> so he gets, like, starstruck by this ruby. Of course. Well, because they're bad guys. They they both stole your vehicle. They're both going to be attracted to, like, a jewel that they want to take. Yeah, the bandit <laughs> calls it a criminal. mother load. The gangster calls it a chunk of ice. That's it. They're going for it. <laughs> So they leave the car. And they go for it. Right. But they're not privy to this on onboard audio that we are, where the guy Whoa. says, yo. This is starting to sound so ridiculous. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> this horrible, jewel is, but I'm into it. is guarded by a curse. And those who dare defy this curse will pay with their lives. And right at, oh, gosh. at that point, Bugsy or Kid, whoever, is like, I'm going to touch it. But then there's there's a guy, there's a guardian who's like, yo, halt, halt, <laughs> unbeliever, disturb the treasure of the gods and you shall all pay with your lives. <laughs> Do you also notice how there's nobody, nobody in the ride vehicle like yells out to the guy, like, hey, like, Mugsy, hey, don't stop. come back, no. come back and drive us. We're all like, for like, just like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I hope he meets his end. We're all with our cannons just taking pictures, being like, this is exciting. What's happening now? Right. I have my disposable camera, and I'm, like, winding it every, between every picture. Do you guys know what <laughs> But no matter who it is, kid Cut or mummy, oh he can't resist, and he touches it. And I'm so Very sorry dramatically, I might add. Like, Always. smoke and music. It goes, oh. Well, it's like... It the way they always touch the stone looks like how a boy band ends a performance. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say Michael Jackson. <laughs> I was here. The- it's very similar. <laughs> it's a pop thing. It's definitely a pop thing. There's a lot of smoke and dry ice or something. Mm-hmm. Alone at that gentleman or madam. Yes. Whatever. It could be Kim. Kim. Kate. What was her name? Kate. Kate Tarango. And Kim, Kim. <laughs> or Muxy with an I instead of a Y. I think that's how they did it. Right. Um, oh. And then That's Muffy. all they changed for the video. <laughs> yes. And it's Muggsy, oh, not Muggsy. It's too gendered. Why couldn't the name Muggsy be for a girl? That's it's so both. weird. Um, but then the smoke clears and you see a skeleton and that's when you know that your, you know, capture, captor has died. But the guardian mm. then. <laughs> so sad. Rids himself of his 
his wares, and it's him. It's your original tour guide. And he's like, hey, oh, I just murdered this person. God. How's it going? And then we all start clapping. Yeah, everybody cheers. Like, way to go. You killed him. But I kind of miss Muggsy. <laughs> it depends one on person. the experience. There's just like one you, person. <laughs> like you said, Stockholm Syndrome. Stop. Like, I just, Syndrome. I don't know. There's something sweet. <laughs> I just picture, like, there's this whole, everybody's clapping and cheering, and there's one person in the back corner that's, like, arms crossed, like, mm, I miss Muggsy. Cut happened? to 11-year-old Molly. <laughs> <laughs> but when that tour guy gets back, depending on the show, he'll either say, I just went for some popcorn, like he said, continuing the running joke from the gangster days, or he's like, hey, how's my first movie role? Cute. And then we pretend no one died and we move on. <laughs> we move yeah. on. This is aggressive. <laughs> but we g- proceed through like a tunnel full of skeletons. Yeah. And they do the yeah. whole like six cents joke of I see dead people. But that's a newer thing. Like that wasn't no, obviously. That wasn't like that was added thing. later. Yeah. And I don't like, I didn't, li- I never liked it. I, I always thought it was kind of a cheap line mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. This scene reminds me, or I guess... I'll, okay, this scene reminds me of that very first scene of the Mummy, the ride, when you're when you go see Reggie. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Stop! Don't go any further. The curse is real, and then that's when Imhotep yeah. comes out. Oh why you all die? Um. So same scene basically, but instead on the Great Movie Ride, you leave the skeletons. Death is not the beginning, right. and you proceed into the jungle, right? Oh, wow. Yes. That was yes. a great transition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is another really cool room, though. I feel like they, mm-hmm. like, up the theming at this point in the show as well. It truly, I think, is the p- inspiration for uh, Rainforest Cafe. A hundred percent. And my favorite part of this room is the joke. They're saying, like, oh, no, that's not George the Jungle. Because they know George the Jungle and the Brendan Fraser version. Fraser? Fra- Fraser. Fraser. Right. With, oh, um, another mummy reference. Look at that. What is, wow. what is Judd Apatow's wife's name? Whoa. Oh, that's very specific. <laughs> Oh, Leslie Mann. Leslie Holy Mann. Cow. Yes, because... Yeah. I didn't know they were married. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Dream Team. Dream Team. So Leslie Mann wow. and Brendan Fraser had just recently done George of the Jungle. And so that's when they're like, oh, it's not George of the Jungle. Because instead we're talking about like the 1920s movie. I don't know. It's like Tarzan. Tarzan. Yeah. With Marino Sullivan was... and Johnny Weissmuller. Was George of the Jungle a Disney movie? Um, uh, I think it was. Uh, was it? Maybe. I don't know. I'm yeah, looking right now. Someone crunch those numbers, please. Mm, but I'm, oh, no, it is. Yeah, Walt Disney Pictures. Okay. Look at that. Kind of shocked that they didn't swap that out, honestly. I'm glad they didn't, no. but kind of shocked that they did not. But so it's the Johnny hmm. Weissmuller, who was an Olympian originally for swimming, I think. He played Tarzan? Yeah. Is this who we're saying? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A cool, cool, one of the cool animatronics, I will say. He swings back and forth. Um, Marino Sullivan, Sullivan, who is Mia Farrow's mother from um, the original Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, mm-hmm. She is on, riding a big elephant talking to a, a, an orangutan, a chimp, I think a chimpanzee. So a, a very nice looking animatronic, but a badly moving animatronic. Mm-hmm. 
animatronic. Jane. Oh, yeah. I don't yes. think Tarzan yes. does much but just swing by. And he goes, ah, 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 the whole time. It's great. I was either stopped or maybe really, really far back in, like, the second tram, like, last row or something, to where I saw, I was, like, looking at the Tarzan animatronic, and he's on this, like, hilarious little, like, oval-shaped track Mm. where he just swings and then, like, turns around and then swings back. It's just, it's actually hilarious. And I, it was one of those, like, old enough and had been around theme parks enough to be um, interested in, like, how things work more than just, like, enjoying the experience. And so that was a memorable moment for me when I kind of saw how they were pulling that off. So, yeah, I like the Tarzan. You know, I have an opposite uh, interaction in that scene where I don't know if things just broke down or we just had a delay or there was too many vehicles running or something, but I sat in that scene way too long well and the yelling could get aggressive it would not stop the 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 yeah. tarzan yelling like call was enough to make me want to pull my hair out of course i can hear it now it's not good yeah, ah! like, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah no that oh, would God. be tough yeah it'd be tough so we leave tarzan which is not george the jungle and, uh-huh. and we transition oh, into <laughs> Like, this was the reason this was my favorite movie, is because Casablanca struck a chord mm. in me as a little kid. I don't know how. So interesting. Right? It was my favorite yeah. movie. and It's not like a children's movie. <laughs> I, right. and to, it's not an adult movie either, but it's like, it's funny that a little kid was like To be honest, <laughs> I've seen it so many times that I used to play it while I was studying because I knew it wouldn't draw my attention away from it. But like, it wasn't oh, until no. like two years ago that I actually sat down and like everything fully made sense and like the political, like everything made sense to me. But Humphrey Bogart, for whatever reason, was, like, the epitome of, like, a Hollywood actor to me. So, like, when I went to this, like, ride and saw this scene, I was like, oh, this is the craziest thing. So, now we go into the hangar scene, which is, like, one of the very last scenes of Casablanca. And it's Humphrey Bogart. Very famous. Yeah, and Ingrid Bergman. And they're talking. But the crazy part about this is Ingrid Bergman never says a word. But in the movie, she says multiple. She And she says great yes. things. In the movie. It's like a wonderful dialogue scene. It's part of what makes it such a good scene is the dialogue they're having. It's, like, such a push and pull. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently Disney got... Yeah. Uh, rights to his but not to hers right that's so, so that's funny. why she doesn't have lines so remember when i was talking about good and bad animatronics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i would put ingrid's animatronic as a bad oh, animatronic I moment. well here's why hear me out it's not because i mean she actually is extremely has a lot of emotions she has actually pretty good like movement it's a good animatronic but here's why this whole scene makes me uncomfortable. Because she has no lines and because he's like holding her arm, it feels aggressive. <laughs> like he's like, Whoa, I think you should stay with me. And she's like making this like face, like, get me out of here. But she doesn't say anything. Opposite. He's telling her why she needs to go. Well, I'm just saying, when you when you roll by it, it looks like she's like, okay, like, I'm very uncomfortable. Like, please stop talking to me so I can go leave. And it just, I think it's like, it's a shame, basically, that they didn't get the rights because it could have been 
unbelievable. I, Instead, it's just a good scene. I respectfully disagree, but I do... Uh, fair. I do agree <laughs> fair. that in today's world, it would be very weird that she was silenced. When you were talking about <laughs> bad animatronics, I thought you were going to say Sigourney Weaver, because as sweaty as she is and how accurate that is, I don't know who that person is. Right. No. <laughs> I can't believe we didn't talk about that. Yeah, who is that? Who is that? Who is that sweaty one? It's probably the most prominent, like, most notable to today's kids. And, like, who are you? Yeah. But who who is that? But in a Casablanca scene, I think, I mean, for the time that you're given, it's perfect. Yeah, they look good. Because, to be fair, her lines were, but what about us? And and then he just completely tells you why they can't be together and why she needs to go on this plane with Victor Laszlo. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, their relationship doesn't amount to a hill of beans. And as a college student, I needed to hear that multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm glad. But... Um, so a few, like, insider things that I heard, but I don't know if they're true, is that that plane was actually a prop plane from the original movie, whether or not it was the actual plane or not, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've heard these stories, too. Yeah. And the- where it was, like, at first, and Disney kind of said it was, like, this is the plane from the movie, from that scene. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, debunked. But it could have been a plane from the movie a plane, like that's right? unconfirmed but not like yeah, a plane, plane from the movie right yeah and yeah and then my friend told me that there was one day that at work was really crazy because Isabella Rossellini went to the ride and like that mm. was a very emotional moment because Isabella oh, Rossellini if you don't know is Ingrid Bergman's real life daughter and so like at that time her mom yeah, had passed and so that was something crazy wow that's cool to break away from this emotional moment. Um, I've also heard a rumor that the plane that you do see is is only half of the plane, and the other half of the prop plane that they used was plopped over in the Jungle Cruise. Ooh, I believe that. And is still there. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. It's the whole joke about, like, I took a crash course as a pilot. Yeah. Yep. Disney, always economical. At the end of that scene. They bought a plane and used it twice. That plane spins as if it's going to take off. And she needs to say goodbye to Humphrey Bogart. But she can't say anything. And also he's holding on to her. Like it's just, again, if you don't know what this movie is, you'd be like, why is that man harassing her? (laughs) And as a fan, I'd be mad at you. I've, I've never seen it. And this is actually one of the most boring scenes for me when I ride the Grand Prix ride. Okay. But the plane saves it because (laughs) when the plane starts up, I'm like, wow, that's so cool. cool." All right, let's keep going. (laughs) This is where we stop being friends. You should watch. It's a good. It's a good movie. Like it's obviously like a yeah, classic. Yeah, I for a I think now like as an adult. Yeah, for I, sure. I would probably appreciate it. But when I was younger, I was like, get me through this scene. Yeah. I don't care Boring. about these two people. Right? Yeah, it is so important. He's like, you know, you're a part of his work. The thing that keeps him going. If that plane leaves and you're not with him, you'll regret it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your lives. And then that's when she says, but what about us? And he's like, you know, we don't amount to a hill of beans in this world. Cue up the propeller. Oh, 
Yeah. Okay. So oh, wow. That's so cool. All right. We'll always have Paris. We didn't have... <laughs> Ashby, I'm so upset. This movie is literally everything, and you just couldn't care less. All right. Well, Cheryl, you... I need you to go get some tissues, maybe Thank a glass you. of water. Please go watch and, Casablanca if you're I'll listening t- to this podcast. I'll, I'll take you to the next scene. The next scene is a, a little bit of a weird one. It's Fantasia, or like the specifically the Sorcerer's Apprentice. But do you moment. know why mm. this is so weird? I do. Okay. Do you? No, do you tell me. Does I Ashby? <laughs> Does Ashby? I feel like I've heard it before, but I don't remember. Wasn't it like something to do with a oh, the tornado? Yeah. Right. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. So you go into a room and you kind of like wind. It's like you're. It's like a half circle almost like you're like kind of go around the corner and it's it is windy in there and there there are like lighting and projectiony effects on the wall and on the screen on the side of you is that sorcerer's apprentice moment and the narrator or the voiceover is like hey look it's mickey from disney fun facts but in (laughs) reality um what was supposed to have been there was the tornado scene from wizard of oz and so that's why like uh the the wind effect idea and the kind of circular look of the room was already in place and um the reason why it doesn't exist is that mgm would only allow disney to use three minutes worth of audio from wizard of oz (laughs) <laughs> and that was found out like later, late enough in development of the ride that they were like, shit, <laughs> we already used that for like, ding dong, and the whole narration I'll get you and your little dog. And there was supposed to be, so after the next scene we'll get to, there was supposed to be an additional Wizard of Oz scene in the... With the wizard, where it's like, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Like, that was also supposed to see it be a scene, but they cut it. Um, because, again, for that, that rule that was put on put on Disney. So, That's so interesting funny. fun fact. Yeah. So, the next scene, spoiler, is Munchkin Land from The Wizard of Oz. Which, small Molly, this was the highlight of the attraction. Oh, for I was sure. obsessed Before with Wizard of Oz. Before we get into Wizard of Oz, though, I do want to oh. say that... I don't want to talk about Casablanca anymore. No. Oh, God. Casablanca, <laughs> when you get into the Fantasia Mickey scene, right? He's literally just conducting the water. It's, it's yeah. such a bogus scene. However, it, little. it has won me so many trivia nights at various bars with the tidbit of information that they give you there because oh, what? What? the sorcerer's name do you know what it is mm-hmm. i do yeah you yep. tell tell the crowd though yen sid which is disney mm-hmm. spelled backwards it sure is yep no take that to your trivia and you're right because that's why i know that as well Thank is you. from the great movie ride like narration mm-hmm. during this part because there's nothing else to look at I've it's just a screen movie tickets because of this and it's also where they would pull off vehicles if there was a maintenance issue was in this scene and i do know that because we stopped a little too far one time and i got to see into that bay which was pretty oh cool. fancy. but yeah it's actually really cool if you play disney emoji blitz you already know this but yen sid is the name of the sorcerer in Disney's Fantasia, which is Disney spelled backwards. I love Good it. Fun fact. Um, all right. And now we're inside <laughs> Munchkin Land. <laughs> when you round the corner, though, there is the Wicked Witch of the East's 
feet as she yep. has yes. been crushed by. She's perished. Under the house. There's a murder yeah. that we don't even give a crud about because fun, Muggsy did it. fun people are singing. It is a <laughs> cool looking scene. It truly. Well, it's huge. It looks like, I, I guarantee it looks exactly what the set look, looked like. The real, the real uh, Wizard of Oz set. It was a really, really cool set. Um, it's, it. It, what? I, what? Air cannon? <laughs> my, cat, my cat is It sounds like a sneeze. <laughs> no. That sounds like what the air darts sound like, and it's tough to be a bug. Uh, it's so true. <laughs> I was like, what is that? And then I looked, and Oliver keeps sneezing, so I apologize. <laughs> I thought it was you, and I was like, why is she not muting herself? <laughs> I didn't know what it was for a second. Oh, it's great. Uh, <laughs> And I was also like, boy, those are really like light sneezes. Anyways, back to my land. Back to the Munchkin land. It's a great scene. Um, it's a cool scene because the Wicked Witch of the West pops up, and that's quite an entrance. And at the time was one of the, or it was the most advanced animatronic um, of its time. Animatronic that they have. Yeah, and it was great. It was very fluid and she was very scary and if you were sitting up at the tour guide you were like right next to her and it was very scary and she interacts with the tour guide like as if it's Dorothy like they Mm -hmm. play out that monologue or dialogue um it's really good let me tell you though if you go to YouTube and we'll put this on the Instagram or find a way to but if you YouTube great movie ride was up Someone who worked there did the was up commercial with the munchkins. And so oh, good. there's good, like good, the good, good, ring ring good, ring. Great. Hey, what's up? What's up? And then they go that's back good. and forth. Oh my Very god, funny. that's amazing. Comedy is comedy is alive. I love it. And there's one with like a pot on their heads, and I think they called it pothead, but who Cute. knows? So perfect. But the witch the witch pops up and is like, look, who killed my sister? Who killed the witch of the east? And our tour guide is like, it was not me. <laughs> Muggsy. It was Muggsy. Muggsy baloney. Muggsy did it. And then she's like, you know, I can cause accidents too. And then she's like, ugh, rubbish. You can't do anything. And then she kind of disappears. And then that's when the tour guide is like, what do I do now? And then all the munchkins are like, follow the yellow brick road. Because I think that's the only thing they know how to say to people. Okay. So Wizard of Oz scene, fantastic. I miss it. That was one of the ones where when this attraction finally closed, I was like, oh, man, I miss it. Like, I miss that scene. And that would have been, I'm glad, I'm glad like pictures of demolition don't come out. Because I would have been sad to see that like in the same door It made me sad. Um, interested to know, and I never will, but like curious to find out, like, where's that, where's the Wicked Witch right now? Like, is she in storage somewhere? Oh, I really yeah. hope so. Good question. I will say, I really hope so. My sister who lives in California went to a like museum of some sort and they had the alien there from the Great Movie Ride. So I wonder oh, if they're just in different museums across the country now. Yeah, maybe in storage they'll like put her out for D23 she in a couple was years. One of the most advanced on animatronics of her time. For sure, and I feel like she was for a long time. Like I don't think they made really big improvements to animatronics until recently. Mm-hmm. 
So the one really from Pandora, I think, was like more advanced than the Wicked Witch. But before that, that oh. was the most advanced you've ever had. The the shaman from Pandora is is There's like two seconds away from being a real very human. creepy. There's right, like two a commercial yeah. where she's like welcoming you to Pandora, and you think it's a person, and then it pulls back, and you see it's a robot, and you're not okay for a- okay. I remember mm. seeing that, and can we confirm? Do we have any Disney insiders? I remember hearing that too. Where I was like, "No way, that's the robot." Is it true? Mm-hmm. Is it? Is it? Or was that a, a big fake out and kind of like an urban legend? Oh, I heard it's a million percent the real animatronic. And yeah, where she like does her whole like thing where she looks to the side mm-hmm. and she's like, "Did I do that right? Or was that good?" Yeah, that was the animatronic. Oh my god! I imagine you know I know I I don't actually know this specifically, but um. Like, a lot of operations cast members, like, they open and close attractions. You know, they sometimes have to ride through them on by themselves or with a coworker just mm-hmm. to, like, check off certain things. Things, effects are working, blah, 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 the whole thing. If I worked on Navi River Journey and I had to be anywhere near the shaman by myself, I would be like, hello, madam. I hope you're having <laughs> a good evening. I I come in peace. I right. I yeah. and I would like leave a like probably a, an offering to her or something. Have a great have day. Have a great day. You let me know if you need anything. If you need a break, ma'am. Right. Like I, I, because it's so real. Like even when you're back to back in boats, like you know, with yeah. your family, I'm still like, oh, okay. Like it's great. It's well, and it's funny. A fun a fun little fact about you know you don't encounter a real. Let me say this again. Like, you don't encounter a Navi that's standing, walking around. Yes. Because they're so tall. Yes. They are. They. One of the things that we were worried about was, I mean, a Navi could be scary to a child, right? Yeah. So luckily the shaman is seated, mm-hmm. you know, she's kind of in a down position a little bit far away mm-hmm. uh, because she could be a very like frightening creature for sure <laughs> Whew, okay so back to the great movie right, That's right. Um, we are oh we are so close to the end here we're almost there um, we're almost there so the very very last animatronic scene is you come out of munchkin land and you see um your four the, heroes the what Yay. your four heroes oh four heroes i thought you I thought you like gave them a title. I was like, I've never heard that before. <laughs> um, yeah, you see Dorothy, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Cowardly Lion. Don't forget kinda... Toto's there too. And Toto Toto's too. There. Toto yeah. too. Um, they're all kind of looking off at the Emerald City in the distance and saying like, "Isn't she beautiful? Oh, I want to go there." Yeah. It's great. It's a good scene. It's a scene <laughs> from the movie. It's great. And then, confession time. My favorite part of the ride happens. Same, same. <laughs> Which is funny because it is the second, it was the like V2, not V2, but like plan B basically of how the Imagineers wanted the um, attraction to end. They wanted it to be a big um, curtain rise and then you see a like a big group of animatronics from movies that weren't represented. It was supposed to be like a big cool scene, but instead... We have a little movie montage, and it's fantastic. There's been a couple versions, and they're all great. Mm-hmm. They're all good. And it's like a, it's like a, it's just it, it, it goes to the nostalgia thing. Mm-hmm. We, I think we've talked before. Like, it hits every like emotion, yeah. memory. You, you, 
every single person can take a little piece of something from that yeah. that finale show. It's just cut really well. It yeah, invokes so much emotion. Just the music, famous lines, the, yeah. good songs. Um, also, the ride vehicle does a little like splitsy thing, and then it turns it back. It, you meet up with the A B A and B like trams meet up again, and it's really cool. I I've always really enjoyed. Um, always really enjoyed the finale and then as it is ending then you the wall opens up in front of you and you continue out to the kind of loading platform and i and i love like because that finale was like it it was like no holds barred like any movie could show up it wasn't just like oh this is a dedication to all of disney right well, but right, yes. right. But yeah, pretty much anything but, else. But you saw like pretty much everything. It would start like, with your like old classics, your Charlie mm-hmm. Chaplin photo movies, you know, your yeah. Footlight Parade. And then all of a sudden it was like, let's get bigger. And then it would go to like a chorus line and it would be half yeah. the screen. And you'd... Oh, I love that one part where it was like, it went into like the ragtime music. If like back in the day, it used to have like Tom Hanks jumping from Splash, and then it moved on to like the Independence Day ID4 scene where the oh yeah the White House was getting blown up. Like it was crazy. It had <laughs> literally every single movie that was notable in the past twenty years at the time. So good. Loved it. it. I mean, honestly, like we talk a lot about like preparing for the podcast, um, doing research and stuff. I like gladly overdid it on watching recordings of that <laughs> finale. I was like, one more for research. It's one more for so research. Good. It's so good. When you it is fantastic. Think of like the most like epic movie montage of the last 50 years. Like the great movie I did it well. Yep. So good. And yeah, and it's been, I mean, do we know how long the attraction actually was? I mean, it, it had to have been at least 20 minutes, if not longer. Oh, it was like 24. I think it was coming in. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you're, like you've, you're so. well rested. You've cooled off because you've been in AC and you've been on a bit, bit of an emotional journey and you're supposed to be left like on emotional high point. And it's just, it was awesome. It was so pleasant and lovely. And it's a shame. This is a complex statement. It's, it's a shame that it's not there anymore, but I am very optimistic for its replacement. I think it... Um, the theme park Hollywood Studios as a whole needed a, a refresh and a little bit of like a reinvigoration, <laughs> invigorating um, kind of spirit. It was always a little bit of a lost park. Like, what is this? Is this a backlot or is it like a, a make-believe Hollywood? What is it? And now I think it's starting to figure itself out. So it'll be interesting to see to see Minnie and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Yeah, it's supposed to be really cool. It was a (laughs) 22-minute-long movie ride, and it was spectacular. No problem. But, like, it got to be, like, 1981 was the most recent movie, and as you get, like, 30, 40 years dated, it gets to be a bit insane. And so as much as I love the great movie ride, I'm so excited for what they do next. And I'm... So excited to see what they take from the old ride and make into the new ride because they've already given like like they've already sent promotional photos of like the pre-show mm-hmm. and stuff and it looks like they just took the great movie ride and made it into something even more spectacular. Mm-hmm. So I'm so excited. But probably a little bit more thrilling. Like I think <laughs> it's cool. mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's gonna yeah. be a little bit 
more quickly. <laughs> it's a runaway train, and Mugsy. it's like the same speed that you go. <laughs> Getaway vehicle. <laughs> Great movie, right? Seriously. <laughs> um, all right. One short segment. If you guys could get rid of one scene out of the Great Movie Ride, if you could have gotten rid of one scene out of the Great Movie Ride, which would you have killed? Ooh. Oh, I mean, mine's pretty easy. No. Okay, bye. Fighting words for the two of us because that was the reason I moved to Central Florida. Sorry. I'd find a reason to keep the plane, but I'd get rid of it. Humphrey Bogart in that scene is everything. I mean, Cheryl, do you want to come for Ashby right now? Do you want to kill a scene? A hundred percent. Like, it, it would need to be Footlight Parade, and you'd need to start okay. off with a different banger, but, like, okay. yeah, Casablanca, <laughs> you add Ingrid Bergman back into that scene, and it is so relevant, so spectacular. No, I'm still... Yeah. I'm still getting I'm rid of it. I'm gonna punch you. <laughs> this is the end of the podcast, you guys, because Ashby and I cannot be on the same recording going forward. Well, I'm gonna bring us both together and get rid of the gangster scene, because... Oh! <gasps> what would you replace Wait, it with? Wait, what? Wait, what's what? wrong I mean, with we're just, you? I need to replace it? Yeah, 8 Mile, is Eminem coming out? And uh, yeah. Oh, God. Yes, he is. You know what? Mom's oh, spaghetti. Song plays. Yeah. <laughs> Mom... <laughs> No, I'm not replacing oh any of God. it. I just think um, I that's not like a like genre that gets me going. I think as we were talking about it, I was thinking to myself, do I like the cowboy scene better because I didn't see it as much, or do I just like it better? I think I just like it better. I think I just like a western better than like a game. Well, you movie. also like a big fire display. Of you bet I do. Emotion. You, I mean. Put fire in a show or attraction, and I'm into it. Brain right. fire, Indiana Jones stunt, spectacular, into it. The I fire act I... of Festival of the Lion King. I respectfully know that the both of you are wrong <laughs> and accept you as my friends regardless. Wait, you know what? We're all wrong. That's true. Fantasia. They all should. Yeah. <laughs> The Great Mover Ride is dead and gone. We can oh, think as many things as we want about it, sad. but it will forever be one of the rides that changed an entire park's identity yeah. and then at the same time became irrelevant. Absolutely. <laughs> With that, Cheryl, I know you know the final line of this ride. Now, before we wrap this production, I still have one more scene to do. It's called The Exit. <laughs> <laughs> funny it got me every time that was really fun thank you so much for listening for this long yeah, episode thank you guys. on the great movie ride we'll see what the movies the stuff dreams are made of Bye. and if you want a little behind the scenes make sure you follow us like us on instagram follow us rate review and subscribe on apple music or spotify goodbye